I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. The Biden border crisis is exploding, and the left and Democrats are being revealed as incompetent, unprepared, and unapologetic. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. So everybody's talking about the border this week, finally, because Project Veritas and James O'Keefe have gotten in and finally showed us some images of exactly what is going on at this border. We've been hearing a lot of things. We've been wading through a lot of these lies and propaganda and obfuscation that the Biden administration has been doing, you know, over the past over the past six weeks. But we can finally see exactly what is going on at the border. We see kids basically wrapped up in foil trying to stay warm. We see people completely overcrowded. We see people in basically cages. Remember those kids in cages that were alleged to have started during the Trump administration, but everybody knows they started during the Obama administration because that was awful policy as well. So we're seeing all of these things right now. And if you all do not follow Project Veritas or follow James O'Keefe, Look Project Veritas up right now. They are doing what our corporate media will not do, which is actual real investigative journalism. So that is what this is. So we're finally seeing these images. And obviously, these images outrage and horrify everyone. And yeah, I'm going to come back to this later, but I want to get something very clear right now. The left likes to talk about any conversation, and it likes to frame any conversation about illegal immigration, any conversation about this crisis at the southern border, anything that is happening, the left wants to frame this conversation as inherently racist, as inherently xenophobic, as inherently all of these things that they use to control language. And this is none of these things. This is about security. This is about human rights. This is about controlling what's going on at the border. So before we launch into all of this stuff, let's start with some basic facts about exactly what is going on at this border. And this is from Department of Homeland Security from uh, from 2019. These are statistics from DHS in 2019. In the past two years, this is from 2019 again, ICE officers have arrested 266,000 aliens with criminal records, including those convicted of nearly 100,000 assaults, 30,000 sex crimes, and 4,000 homicide, right? Between 2011 and 2018, 276,000 criminal aliens were booked into local jails, of which over 186,000 
were classified as illegal aliens. 10,000 known or suspected gang members were removed by ICE just in one year alone. Each week, 300 Americans die from heroin overdoses, of which 90% comes across the southern border. Customs and Border Protection made the largest seizure of fentanyl ever recorded attempting to cross the southern border. It was enough to kill more than 115 million Americans. One in three women are sexually assaulted on the journey to the border. In fiscal year 2018, ICE made more than 1,500 human trafficking arrests. 97% of these were for sex trafficking. Now let's talk about the kids because everybody cares about these kids. Let's talk about what these kids are really going through when they're coming across the border. 20,000 children were illegally smuggled into the United States. In the first five months of fiscal year 2018, Customs and Border Protection saw a 315% increase in individuals using children to pose as family units to gain entry into the United States. Now, do you remember how our corporate media treated the stance that the Trump administration made towards getting control over the border? Do you remember that cover of Time magazine with Donald Trump hovering over this screaming child at the border. And this was what they did. You know, this was this evil Trump doesn't care about the kids, doesn't care about anything else. Do you remember any of that stuff? Now, this same corporate media basically colludes with Democrats and with the left to hide everything that is going on at the border right now. They cannot hide this anymore because Project Veritas has released this imagery, right? So I started with all of these statistics because when we're talking about the border, we have to be very clear about exactly why this is bad. It is bad to have a border that is not secure because we have illegal drugs coming over, because we have gang members coming over, because we have MS-13 members, gang members coming over, because we have sex trafficking because we have children that are coming over and being exploited. I remember when I first came out as conservative, when I first started doing videos on social media, this was back when all of my New York City liberal friends used to follow. And I asked a very simple question. And this question was about critical thinking. And the question that I asked was this, how are we so sure that all of these family units coming across the border are related to one another. And this guy, this New York City liberal that I used to be friends with, he used to follow me, he said, well, Rob, this is disgusting. This is just a revolting question. Of course, they're family members, of course. But we do not know that because the conversation is not being had about sex trafficking, about these children that are coming over and being exploited in so many different ways about these unrelated people that are coming together, about these desperate families that are in these places, Mexico, Guatemala, El Salvador, that are handing their children over to these coyotes, to these smugglers, and paying them money to get the child over the border. So nobody's talking about these things. And so when we talk about this stuff, it's not about racism, we're not being racist. We're not hating anybody. We love America and we love this country enough to want to protect Americans at all costs. Because at what point did America 
have to start taking in all of the world's problems. And I hate to do this because th- what I'm about to say is such a it's such a stereotype, but it's so true. We have a homeless veteran population in this country that has exploded. And we take care of people coming across the border more than we take care of even our homeless veterans. And to me, it's unacceptable. And this situation has been used as a political football for so many years. And I'm going to have to say that for Republicans and a lot of small business owners and everything like that, they exploited this situation for a very long time because it was good for them. They exploited the fact that people will come over here and do jobs for less money because that is good for people. If you live in New York City, if you live in one of these big cities, and trust me, guys, I lived in New York City for 12 years. There is not a restaurant in New York City that is not employing cheap illegal immigrant labor. It is absolutely true. And this is something that people on both sides have used for quite some time because it benefited them. And this is an example of elites on both sides selling America out. And there are even some so-called Republicans right now that are co-signing on to to amnesty bills and, and talking about giving a lot of illegal immigrants that are in the country right now citizenship and things like that. And so you have to understand when we talk about the situation that there are elites on both sides that have used this because it has benefited them. But we are at the point where this is not benefiting anybody anymore. Okay, period. This is not benefiting anybody anymore. This crisis that we have on the border is not benefiting anybody. It is not helping anybody. It is encouraging these illegal immigrants to take a very dangerous journey where a lot of the younger ones and weaker ones are likely to be exploited. It is putting a strain on American resources. It is bringing crime. It is bringing drugs. It is bringing trafficking. It is bringing all of these things into this country. And that is the truth. Any conversation about unchecked illegal immigration in this country is not inherently racist. That is not true. But this is a tactic that the left uses to make sure um, that people are too afraid to have this real conversation. And what the left also does when it comes to illegal immigration is they like to pretend as if All Latinos in America just love illegal immigration. That is also not true. Just check out how many people are voting for Republicans in places like Miami, right? In places with a large Latino population. So this idea that all Latinos in America just love illegal immigration is not true. And so you have to understand what is going on right now. And you have to get into some of the numbers about what is going on right now. Again, more numbers. And this is literally from 2020 to 2021. And this is from U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Single adults crossing the border is up 188%. Unaccompanied minors passing is up 92%. So this is what we are dealing with right now. And what I want to talk about next, now that we know exactly what is going on, now that we can see with our own two eyes every single thing, or at least a little bit of what's going on at the border, let's talk about how the Biden administration has encouraged this through policy. Because I really want to talk about policy here. 
You know, I talk a lot about real world stuff, but let's talk about some facts. And these are a couple of the policies that Biden reversed literally within the first week to two weeks of his presidency. Listen to this. And this is from the Fox News research team. We're gonna, I'm always going to cite my sources. I'm not going to call myself a journalist, but I'm not going to sit here and, and tell people lies and things that are not fact-based. Joe Biden enacted a 100-day moratorium on deportations. He ended the Remain in Mexico provision, suspended the Safe Third Country Agreement. Now, this was the agreement that Trump had with Mexico, with these different places, that they would take control of this situation before these people even got to the border, right? They halted the construction of border wall, and they also reinstated catch and release, which means that when these people are caught, after having crossed the border illegally, oh, we got to release them. Okay, guys, you know, make sure you show up for your court date. And the illegal one says, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, sure, A+. plus. I'll definitely show up for that. Obviously, these people don't show up. And so these policies, the reversing of these policies are what led to the disaster that is going on at the border right now. What Jen Psaki and everybody over there in the Biden administration don't want to call a crisis, but everybody knows it's a crisis. We are all seeing this stuff with our own two eyes right now. And the left and Democrats will look at you because I'm telling you, these people think that you're stupid. And they will go on television and they will look into the camera with a straight face and say that the reason that there's a crisis on the border right now is because of President Trump. And they believe that people are stupid enough to believe it. And the sad thing is that there are people dumb enough to believe it because we have just gotten through four years of the corporate media pretty much hiding every single real thing that was being done in this country under the Trump administration and devolving into leftist propaganda and anything that was going to keep people distracted from what is really going on. And you would be surprised, guys, how many people are not aware of these things. You would be surprised how many people do not know about the Safe Third Country Agreement, how many people do not know about the Remain in Mexico provision, how many people do not know about the real policies that were going on. And so now what we have is this disaster. So now that we know that we have the disaster and we can finally see exactly what is going on in these facilities at the border, and now that we know that the illegal immigrants are flooding the border, let's break down exactly why they are coming and how Democrats are enticing them. And we'll talk about that after the break. I talk a lot about the socialist policies of the left right now, a lot of the ideas that are coming from the left that are uh, completely radical, uh, completely ridiculous, and are going to pretty much leave taxpayers dry, right? Things like free college, quote unquote free college, quote unquote free healthcare, uh, Green New Deal, all of this stuff. And what I think doesn't get a lot of play is that these socialist policies that are coming from the left are being subtly used to entice illegal immigrants to come over. It's true. Let's take in free college, for example, right? We talk a lot about free college, and you guys all know how I feel about the public education system and the student loan debt crisis and all that stuff. It's in previous podcasts. If, if you're new, go check it out. But now, 
So the left has made, quote unquote, free college a talking point to the point where, and this is some data that comes from the National Conference of State Legislatures, 17 states in the District of Columbia offer in-state tuition to illegal immigrants. And they have done this via state legislative action. And so they have enacted laws to allow in-state tuition benefits for illegal immigrants, basically, younger ones. Typically require attendance and graduation at state high schools, acceptance at a state college or university, blah, blah, blah. And so we have to realize nowadays that when AOC and the socialists of the left and their ilk, when they're talking about these things, they are not necessarily talking to Americans per se. They are talking to the far left. They are talking to white liberals. But they are also talking to illegal immigrants. They are speaking to illegal immigrants. They are. They are basically saying, you cannot push free college. You cannot push free health care. You cannot push free, 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 free. And then also make yourself, quote unquote, the party of diversity and inclusion. We love everybody, you know, Latino lives and brown people and all of that other stuff. So these things are all interconnected. And this message that if you come here, this is what you will get, is being disseminated. And these illegal immigrants are getting this message. And I want you to hear that now these people are saying, actively saying and admitting that they're coming here because of Biden. I want you to hear ABC News did an interview with an illegal immigrant that has crossed the border. I want you to listen to to what he said. Would you have tried to do this when Donald Trump was president? Definitely not. Definitely. We had the chance, you know, the, the same violence that is going on today was there last year. We used to watch the, the news and uh, I definitely won't do this. So did you come here because Joe Biden was elected president? Basically. Basically. Okay, so this is what you're hearing right now. There's an illegal immigrant that is basically saying, basically, basically, that he has come here because of Joe Biden, basically because Trump is not president. And look, we need to be very clear about the dual messages that were being sent. There was a message that was being sent under the Trump administration. The message was, do not come illegally. We are building the wall to make sure that you do not come illegally. We are empowering customs and border protection to make sure that you do not come illegally. We are making sure that Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, has the tools to do their job to ensure that you do not come illegally. And now the Biden administration is sending the message by turning the clock back on all these different things that's done. They are sending the message that this border is open, come over, and when you get over, we will take care of you. We will protect you. And this has already started. So now when we get back to this free healthcare issue, right? You know, free healthcare, healthcare for all, healthcare is a human right, all of this other stuff. Now you get to the point where Rite Aid is basically nationally apologizing because an undocumented immigrant, an illegal immigrant, was denied a COVID-19 vaccine, right? And so this is what happened. And this is from Fox Business. 
The son of one of two women that were denied the COVID-19 vaccine took to social media after the March 14th incident, saying he was, quote, appalled by the situation and that his mom was sobbing. Now, listen to this. This is the important part. Right Aid asked for her social security number. And the woman at the front kept stating that they were not vaccinating people that were undocumented. My mom was literally sobbing and I'm literally appalled. And so this goes semi-viral. And now Rite Aid has to release a statement that's saying, oh, this is an isolated incident. Everybody can, can get the vaccine, all of that other stuff. And so now you have a situation where, like I said, again, taxpayer dollars, obviously paying for the COVID-19 vaccine, all of this different stuff. But this is a tracking issue. So if they cannot track who was vaccinated via things like uh, social security number, ID, anything like that, then how are we supposed to know who's getting vaccinated and who's not? And so we listen to the left telling all these stories about like, oh, we have to, you know, push this vaccine in black and brown communities. We have to do all of this other stuff, blah, 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 blah. But then there's no way to keep track of it. And there is no reason why anybody that is in this country illegally that will be put in front of a natural-born American citizen for this COVID-19 vaccine, which is, by the way, not a vaccine that I'm taking, but it is something that should be available, I would think, to native-born people before somebody that was an illegal immigrant, right? And so this is what is going on here. And when I say that these policies, these leftist policies, welfare state, all of that stuff, when I say that this stuff is being used to entice illegal immigrants, I'm not just talking out of my neck here. And this another um, statistic that comes from the Center for Immigration Studies. 63% of non-citizen households in America use welfare programs, some form of welfare, right? So the idea that they're like, oh my God, you know, these illegal immigrants, they come over and they're just working and they're paying into the system and all of that stuff, that very well may be true right? It very well may be true that there's some stimulation of the economy that comes, that there's some systems that they're paying into, all of that other stuff. It doesn't add up when it comes to the amount of welfare and basically welfare programs and benefits that non-citizen households use at 63%. And so now that all of this stuff is happening at the border, that this disaster is going on. Now we're getting reports, and this is a, another very real thing, that the Biden administration is spending $90 million to house immigrants, illegal immigrants, in hotel rooms. So this, again from Fox, the Biden administration has awarded an $86.9 million contract for hotel rooms near the border to provide temporary shelter and processing services for families who have not been expelled from the United States but have been placed in immigration proceedings for their removal. But wait, because we just found out that there is a 100-day moratorium on deportations and that catch and release has been reenacted, correct? So what we're seeing is the Biden administration and the left and Democrats seemingly doing everything in their power to entice illegal immigrants here. There is literally no other way to state this, because if you look at what the Biden administration has done in terms of turning back some of the more successful policies of the Trump administration, 
when you look at the money that they're throwing to house these people in hotel rooms, 87 million of, of taxpayer dollars, by the way. And now we're figuring out um, finally the Biden administration is coming back around and saying that, oh, no, wait a minute. You know, even though we said that taxes would definitely not be increased for, for any families making $200,000 a year. Now we've just upped that. So now taxes won't be increased for anybody making under $400,000 a year. So basically, what taxpayers are spending on illegal immigration is going up. But yet, those dollars are not being spent to try to enact policies or to try to do anything that would secure the border in any real way. I'm going to wrap up this conversation and move on to something else, but I really want you guys to think about this. What is the end goal to this policy? Because these things are not done on accident, okay? So what is the end goal to taxpayer dollars going to illegal immigrant care? What is the end goal to completely reversing policies that help secure the border? What is the end game to that? Well, the end game has to be to move as many illegal immigrants across the border as they possibly can, rush through amnesty, turn them all into to citizens, and make them all Democrat voters. And when people say this stuff that, you know, they make you sound like a, a conspiracy theorist, they make you sound like an idiot, they make you sound like you're making stuff up. But the logical end game to all of this stuff cannot be anything but the idea that they want to literally import millions more potential new voters. I don't know any other way to explain it because the only other way to explain it is absolute incompetence. And I do not think that the left are incompetent. I think that they're actually evil geniuses. These people are aware of exactly what they are doing. These people are aware of exactly what the long game is. These people play long term. They know that if they get all these people over here during the Biden administration, as many as they can possibly get over, if we, God, God willing, we elect another Republican that is actually going to do something about this border and get eight years of that, they know that they've got a limited amount of time that the border is going to be as open as it is so that they can import all of their new voters here. And they are using this time to do exactly that. I don't know what the answer to all of this is under a Biden administration, but I do know that if there is not more pressure put on them about this border crisis, about Biden's border crisis, they will use this opportunity to import as many illegal immigrants as they possibly can while they are in power. So the only thing that we can do is put the pressure on them let them know that we are aware of their game and God willing, take back this house in 2022. Next up, stop Asian hate is trending, but who is really behind most of the anti-Asian violence and discrimination in America? The answer will surprise you. And I'm gonna give it to you right after the break. So last week there was a really, really horrific crime that happened here in America. A man murdered eight people. Six of these were Asian American women. They were they were prostitutes, sex workers, as the left would call them, as well as two white people were murdered. 
what we do know about this crime is that this man was white. What we do know about this crime when we talk about what the police asked him and what he said was that this person was a sex addict, was also trying to overcome that, was also kind of like had a religious ideology compared to there was a lot of stuff about that. When asked point blank whether these killings were racially motivated, whether he was hunting Asian Americans, whether he was specifically targeting these women because they were Asian American, he said no. The police in all these interviews could not really find any evidence of a racial motivation to this crime. But that did not stop the media from making it a race issue. Every way in which this horrific crime was reported would have anyone that would read the story believe that this man was a white supremacist that targeted these women specifically because that they were Asian. Our corporate media is so destructive that they have decided to push the narrative that white people are hunting down Asian people. And they have decided to push that narrative because it fits the agenda of the left right now. Hashtag stop Asian hate fits a leftist agenda. Now, I'm on Twitter all the time. I'm on Twitter, social media all the time. And it's my job. When you're on social media all the time, you see a lot of things that you don't necessarily file them immediately. But there had been this trend of anti-Asian violence that I was seeing all these videos on social media. There was not one video that I saw. And this is violence. This is just randomly, just random attacks on subways or just random attacks on the streets and all that stuff. There is not a single one of these videos that I saw that was not, where the perpetrator was not African-American, more particularly an African-American male, right? So this would lead me to believe, just when I saw this, this would lead me to believe that there was some tension that was going on between Blacks and Asians that wasn't really being discussed, wasn't really being reported. But the media narrative has pounced on this because you have to understand what the left is doing right now and you have to understand what the agenda is. The agenda of the left is to push a white supremacy narrative, right? This goes back to what happened at the Capitol and how that was reported on. This goes back to every crime that is committed by a white man is reported on. So the media has a narrative that every single crime that happens to victims of color that was perpetrated by a white person has somehow to do with racism, hate, or white supremacy. That is the media narrative. I can Google this story and every single story will highlight the fact that this white man killed six Asian American people. Now, these other two people, by the way, that were white, he killed two white people. They are not valid to the narrative. These people do not help push the narrative. The narrative is that this was an anti-Asian hate crime committed by a white supremacist. And my God, that is what the media is going to go with. And they went with it to the tune of dozens and dozens and dozens of stories. Now, even when the police were talking to the press and they said that um, this guy said this wasn't racially motivated, that there was other stuff going on. This did not stop the mainstream media because there, and there was an actual news article. It said something to the effect of the man that killed six Asians said that it wasn't a hate crime. Experts disagree. So now... We have these experts that are swooping in to help push this white supremacy agenda. And and so this is what's going on with the left right now. The left is right now attempting to make Asian Americans 
their next victim group. And I'm going to tell you why it's not going to work. There is a Korean-American influencer that I follow. She is a conservative commentator. Her name is Lauren Chen. And she tweeted something that I thought was fascinating. And she said, now that I see the media trying to make Asians their victim group, now I understand why Black and Hispanic conservatives are always so angry at the left for that narrative. So she's seeing in real time what the left has done um, to African-Americans, what the left has done to Latino-Americans, what the left has done to gay Americans. The left loves victim groups. The left derives their power from making people of color their victim groups and from making these Asian-American people uh, somehow afraid of white people, afraid of quote-unquote white supremacy, afraid of hate crimes, et cetera, et cetera. But the hypocrisy of this is that the left also calls Asian Americans, they call them, they say things like Asians have proximity to whiteness. They don't see Asians as people of color when it doesn't fit their narratives. Case in point, when we talk about how many Asian Americans are admitted to elite institutions and how there was a Supreme Court case that was basically saying that Asians were being discriminated against in their admission to elite institutions, which is totally true. It doesn't jive with the fact that Asian Americans are the most affluent group of people in America. Yes, even more affluent than white people. Asians make more money than anybody in America, right? And so that also doesn't jive with the victim group narrative. And also, and one of the reasons why and the main reason why I think that the left trying to make Asian Americans into their next victim group is not going to work is because Asians in this country have very, very, very strong family structures, They have very strong family structures, and they have very, very strong cultural ties. The reason that the left has been so wildly successful in making African Americans their primary victim group is because the left has systematically destroyed the Black family over decades. And when that family is destroyed, government takes the place of the family, right? Which is what you see has happened with African-American communities in this country. We can talk about all those statistics. But the Asian-American family structure is really strong. The Asian-American family structure is strong enough to protect them against the left trying to make them their new victim group. And so the interesting thing about this entire conversation is that per capita, and I'm going to pull up some statistics here because I'm really big on statistics now because we really have to talk about the facts I would like to talk about the facts, and I don't want to talk about opinion-based stuff. And now this is an article that actually a friend of mine named Ryan Gerdusky, this guy broke the Lincoln Project story. This is something that he wrote for the Washington Examiner titled, Anti-Asian Violence Can't Be Blamed on Trump Supporters, because this is the idea. The idea is that these Trump support, these evil, mean, racist, homophobic, xenophobic Trump supporters, they hate anybody that is not white, and more specifically not male. But that is the agenda. That is the narrative that the left is trying to push through right now. But the facts, as in so many times, do not fit this narrative. Because let's think about this. And this is according to the Justice Department. 27.5% of all violent crimes against Asian Americans in 2018 were committed by Black people, right? So more violent crimes were committed against Asian Americans by Black people than any other race, Whites accounted for 24% of attacks on Asian American. Asians accounted for 
24% of attacks, but Blacks accounted for the most attacks on Asians, right? And so that doesn't fit the narrative. Again, this is fact-based data that the left isn't going to want to talk about because it does not fit their narrative. And so nobody wants to talk about a lot of the tension that exists between Blacks and Asians here in America. And I'll tell you my theory on that. And actually, it's not my theory. It's what I've seen with my own two eyes. Go into any predominantly Black community in this country, and most of the mom-and-pop stores are owned by people that are non-Black, more specifically, Asians. On my old block in Brooklyn, there was a hair care store that specialized in in Black hair stuff, you know, do-rags, weaves, like all that other stuff, owned by Asians. And there's a sense from a lot of Black people that live in these communities that these people are coming in here, you know, they're not necessarily taking over the communities because they never lived there, but they know how to, to run those businesses. And that creates a lot of tension, particularly among people that are on the lower levels of society, that are already struggling. And I will never forget, I used to live in Harlem as well. I lived in, in a, lot of, a lot of Black neighborhoods when I lived in uh, New York. And I lived in Harlem, and I would never forget, there's a Chinese place that was right around the corner from me. I used to go to, and I used to get, you know, my little my little cheat is I like chicken wings and, and shrimp fried rice. You know, that's my little cheat. But I would go into this place. It was about a block away. This was in Harlem, so it was probably like, we'll say 118th Street. It's probably still there to this day. Like, this wasn't too long ago. And the people in the neighborhood, and in my neighborhood, mind you, the weird thing about living in New York City is that you can have a million-dollar penthouse on one block, and you have a project on another block, and that is just Harlem. So that is what was going on in Harlem, right? I lived in a in, in a condo building. There were projects all around, so it was a very it was just a very mixed neighborhood. And I was in there, you know, just in line waiting for my Chinese food and all that stuff. And people would just treat the older Asians that worked there so nasty, so nasty, so rude. And so disrespectful, I could not believe it. They would be so nasty. And my take on it was always this. My take on it is that when people don't have any agency in the world, they treat people that they see as, quote unquote, beneath them poorly. And that was a lot of the tension that I saw between the Blacks and the Asians when I lived in Harlem. So this idea that white Trump supporters are behind this sort this quote unquote and the idea that there's this surge of anti-Asian violence. It's not a surge of anti-Asian violence. It's probably uh, operating at the same levels that it's been operating at. But now the left and our corporate media has another pathway through which to find another victim group. Because Asians in this country do not tend to be on the left. They do not tend to be liberals. They do not tend to be Democrats. They tend to be people who value capitalism and entrepreneurship. Capitalism and entrepreneurship are not too many values that are found within the left. So this entire narrative that there is this rise of anti-Asian violence that is being committed by Trump supporters, Republicans, MAGA people, whatever you want to call it, it's such a false narrative. And it's not based on any facts. And it's always based on a narrative. And this is what the narrative is trying to push. This is the narrative that the left is trying to push nowadays. They cannot say that Black Americans are behind most of the anti-Asian crimes in this country. 
They cannot say this stuff because it defeats their narrative. And to wrap this all up, when you have, and this is why I believe the left will eventually fail. And and this is why we're seeing a lot of this tension on the left right now. When your goal is not to unite people under a shared identity, but to slice and dice them into small victim groups in the hopes that those groups will allegedly come together to sort of promote the goals of the larger group, you're going to have some trouble because those groups will start fighting each other. Blacks will start fighting Asians, Blacks will start fighting Latinos, gays will start fighting, like all of this other stuff because you are telling all of these people that in any given moment, they are the most important victim group. This is why the left will eventually fail in the long run. And in the short run, the left will fail at making Asian Americans their next victim group. Not only because the facts don't bear it, but also the culture that Asian people have built in this country. A culture of entrepreneurship, a culture of capitalism, a culture of family is strong. And that culture is strong enough to withstand the destruction of the left. I can only hope and pray that Black Americans in this country can help build up our culture to help fortify it against the destruction of the left. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher, Aaron Cleveman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers and speaker, Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. <laughs>